This is Listen Again with the Bridge, your opportunity to hear Sunday's message. We hope you enjoy listening, and it all starts right now. It's in the Bible, and things that are in the Bible we are to teach on. So we're in Exodus chapter 13, verse 1, and I want to read you some Old Testament scripture, and we're going to learn how to apply it to today, because many people go, well, that's just Old Testament. That doesn't really apply. But actually, again, there are principles that run all the way from the Old Testament all the way through the New, so that you understand. 1 Corinthians 10, 6 says this. Everything in the Old Testament was written for our instruction and for our example. And it actually said this. It's talking about the Israelites and the mistakes they made. And this is what it says. To keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Excuse me. So we're learning what not to do based on what the Israelites did. Are you with me? So that's where we're headed. Exodus 13.1. I'm going to read from the New King James Version today. And here we go. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Now, that's a big word. What does consecrate mean? It just means to set apart. To set aside all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast. And then he gets real clear. God says, It is what? mine. Those are pretty strong words. If you look it up in the Hebrew, it's the same. It is mine. It belongs to me. God's saying the firstborn belongs to him. Now, skip down to verses 12 and 13. Just 11 verses later, verses 12 and 13, it says, you shall set apart. That same word is consecrate. You shall set apart to the Lord all, the open, all that open the womb. That is every firstborn that comes from an animal, which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. Again, this is understanding God's saying it will be his. He's very clear about this. Then it says, every firstborn of a donkey, you shall redeem. Everybody say redeem. The firstborn of a donkey, you shall redeem with a what? A lamb. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. I want you to understand. It says, with every donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. If you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. In other words, you're going to lose it if you don't redeem it. And all the firstborn of a man or of man among your sons, you shall what? Redeem. Keep that in mind. You might even underline that word redeem, highlight it, whatever you want to do. I want you to understand that that word is pretty important here, and it brings me to my first point this morning. You have it on the back of your bulletin, or you can see it up on the screen if you're taking notes. Jesus had to be sacrificed so that we can be redeemed. And we're going to explain this throughout what we just read, and understand how this applies to what we're talking about today. Jesus had to be sacrificed so that we could be redeemed. According to this verse, it said the firstborn, it must be two things, either sacrificed or redeemed. The firstborn either has to be sacrificed or redeemed. Now that's Old Testament law, right? Let's be clear, we are no longer under the law, we live under grace. Can you say amen to that? 
We live under grace, no longer under the law. However, there are principles in the Old Testament, again, that carry all throughout Scripture. And this is one of them. This is just like the Ten Commandments. When you look at the Ten Commandments, you can say, well, that's Old Testament. Thou shalt not kill, and thou shalt not put any other gods before me, and all these things. No, there's principles behind the Ten Commandments. We still should honor those. But really, the idea behind those, it's to give us a better relationship with God and a better relationship with others. That's the purpose behind those Ten Commandments. It's why we should live by them. So what are the principles in the Old Testament that carry through the Bible? This is one of them. This would be one of those principles that you see it. Keep God first. All through Scripture, keep God first. It goes all the way back to the garden and all the way through Revelation. So again, back to our scripture, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. How do we know which has to be done with which? How do we know whether to sacrifice it or redeem it? It even said, the firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Well, there are certain animals that were considered clean and certain animals that were considered unclean. So if you had an unclean animal born... It had to be redeemed by the sacrifice of the clean animal. That is why it said a donkey, which was unclean, had to be redeemed by the sacrifice of a lamb. Are you with me? So a lamb is what? You're with me. You're listening. A donkey is what? Easy way to remember this. What's another word for a donkey? Don't say it out loud. (laughs) Not looking for the word. Just saying. Yeah, mule. There you go. Another word for a donkey helps you understand. A donkey is unclean. So a donkey has to be redeemed by the sacrifice of a lamb. Why in the world do we need to know this? Well, remember it said, all the firstborn among man, your sons, you shall redeem. So when you're born into this world, are you born clean or unclean? Unclean. Unclean. Sorry. It's unclean. Because of sin. We have a sin nature. Think of it this way. How many of your children did you ever have to teach to be mean? None. They know selfishness. They know how to get angry. You don't teach them those things. You have to teach them to be nice, right? Because of that, we are born unclean. However, was Jesus born clean or unclean? Clean. Clean. So Christ had to be sacrificed so that we could be redeemed. Are you with me? It's point number one. Christ had to be sacrificed so that we could be redeemed. An easy way to remember this that will sink into your mind is we are all a bunch of donkeys, so he had to be the sacrificial lamb. Are you with me? We had to be redeemed. So the firstborn redeems the rest. Jesus, this is what I want you to understand, we always think of, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? But actually, Jesus was God's first. He was his tithe. He was actually giving his first, not just his only, he was giving his first. God didn't wait until we straightened up to give us Jesus. He sent Jesus, even though we were spitting on him, mocking him, hanging him to a cross, God gave his first in order that we could be redeemed. He gave his one son to be sacrificed for our sins. I'd like for you to understand that as we begin. 
God led by example. That's why the sermon today is follow the leader. God led by example. And when you follow the leader, you follow his example. When we tithe, we're just following God's leadership. We're just following his example. We're doing not only what he told us to do, we're doing what he did. So God doesn't ask for the tenth born. He didn't say, go have 10 sheep, and when you got 10, find that one with the broken leg that like walks around like this, or the one that you know, runs off and goes to everybody else's pasture, and you got to go chase them down. Just bring me that one. No, he said, I want the firstborn. Why? Because it takes faith to give the first. It takes faith to give first. Again, I want us to think about tithing. If you give tithe first before you pay your bills, a lot of people say, well, that's Old Testament. Yes, it's an Old Testament, but the principle goes all throughout Scripture. So I want to show you what Jesus had to say about tithing. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. Here's what it says. Jesus is upset. Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees. And then he gets real mad. You hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, and dill. What is a tenth? Help me out. What is a tenth? It's a tithe, right? A tithe is 10%. So you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Now, let's stop right there. What is more important, giving a tenth or justice, mercy, and faithfulness? Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. He just said it. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Here's what he says next, though. You should have practiced the latter. What's the latter? Justice, mercy, and faithfulness without neglecting the former, which is tithing. He's talking about two things here, and he says you should... Understand justice, mercy, faithfulness. They're more important. That is the most important thing of these two things. However, you don't do one and throw out the other. You do one without neglecting the other. It's not only in the Old Testament. It's right here in the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. I have a daughter who's 11. She doesn't have a job. She, she might babysit once a week or whenever the neighbors ask her to. She might make $10 here and there. But the girl always has money, and I don't know where it's coming from. I've got a suspicion it might be two people on the second row that are very generous with their money. I don't know because it's not mine. But somehow this girl always has money in her pocket. But when she does, the first thing she does is she gives us a tithe. She gives us 10% of that And somehow, she always has money. I can't explain that. I don't know how it works. I just know it works. My son just started a job this summer so he could pay for a car. And he understands the first thing you do when you get a paycheck, the first part of that goes to God. That is something we do in our house. It's something we practice. Can I tell you, someday, my daughter is going to want to date when she's 33. She might even want to get married. Can I tell you, whenever that boy comes along, he better be a tither. 
I'm going to find out. I'm going to ask him, and I'm going to point blank ask him, why do I care if he's a tither? Because I don't want her to marry a thief. And you can say, that's pretty harsh words, Chad. Those aren't my words. Those are God's words. God actually says that when we do not tithe, we're stealing or robbing from him. You can, you can get mad at me. You can get offended. It's scripture. You can read it for yourself. This is just me. I'm just the messenger. Don't hate me today. You're robbing, not only are you robbing God of what's his, you're robbing him of the opportunity to bless you. Think of it that way. So we understand Jesus had to be sacrificed so that we could be redeemed. We understand God was willing to give first. He led by example. We're just following the leader. Number two, we understand we are to offer our first fruits. That's what scripture says. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. It might as well say your income. Whatever it is that you get, you are to honor the Lord with your first fruits. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Exodus 23, 19. We were just in Exodus 13. If you keep reading, 23, 19, the first of the first fruits of your land, you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. See, the tithe comes to the house of God, not to the university, not to the missionary, not to somebody we like over across town. We give to other things. We can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's over and above the tithe. Tithe comes to the house of God. He said you must bring it. Did you notice that? It never said you must give it. Every time, if you look in scripture, it always says bring your tithe to the storehouse. Why? Because you can't give what you do not own. It is not yours anyway. It is his. He already told us that. That's why he says you're bringing back what was already mine. So you have two choices with your tithing this morning. You can bring it or you can steal it. Those are the two options. Again, I'm just the messenger. I mentioned earlier that this began in Genesis and goes all throughout the Bible, all the way back to Cain and Abel. I want to show you an example of what I'm talking about. Genesis 4, 3 through 5, it says, and in the process of time, those are important words to understand here, in the process of time, it came to pass, just kind of came to pass, right? That Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Now, what did Abel do? Abel also brought of the firstborn, everybody say firstborn. That's pretty important. You didn't see that Cain brought the first fruits. No, he just brought an offering. But Abel brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain. Abel, the rancher, brings his firstborn. Cain, the farmer, doesn't bring his first fruits. And it says, again, in the process of time, it came to pass that he brought an offering to the Lord. He gave what he wanted when he wanted. You understand what I'm saying? He didn't bring the first fruits. God wants your first. That's what he's very clear about. 
Jesus, number one, had to be sacrificed so that we could be redeemed. We understand we are to offer our first fruits. We're bringing them back what God already owns. Which brings me to number three. You lead by following. You lead by following. When you tithe, when you put God first, you're following his lead, which in turn allows those following you to be led and to understand. We're gonna, we, 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 again, we just talked about how we're bringing it back, what's already his. That's why Leviticus 27.30 says this. It says, all of the tithe of the land, all, whether seed of the land or fruit of the tree, is whose? It's the Lord's. Same language as Exodus 13. It belongs to God. It's his property. So I want to take you back to elementary school for just a moment. I know it's summertime and some of you are like, I don't think in the summer. I just want to have you do a little math with me. Let's say it's summer. You took a summer job on the side. You're mowing some lawns. All right. And you've got a pretty big lawn that you're mowing. Takes you quite a while to do it. So you're able to charge $100 to mow this lawn. That person pays you every time you mow it, you get 10 $10 bills. That's $100, right? How do you know which goes to God? It's the first one to leave your hands. The first one out of that 10 $10 bills would be the first one that leaves your hand. That's God's. That's what it's saying. You give, give the first part. If, if you were to look at it and go, well, I've got to make sure I've got gas to mow. So I need to give $20 to gas. And then I'll give $40 to, uh, you know, keeping the mower going with sharpening the blades and whatever else. And then I'm going to give $60 or whatever's 40, sorry, $40 left. I know my math, I promise. $40 left. I'm going to give that to uh, raising money for a trailer because my trailer's about wore out. Man, I'm out of money. What am I supposed to do now? You gave your first to gas. But that gas, as good and powerful as gas is right now, does not have the power to bless your finances. But when you give your first to God, you're opening up the opportunity for him to bless not just your finances, but everything in your life. You're offering your first fruits. I'm not here to manipulate you. This is not a pyramid scheme. I don't get a kickback by how much you get. You understand? That's not what this is. I can only tell you this because I've lived it, because I've experienced it for myself, that 90% with God's blessing will go way further than 100% without. Ask any tither. Ask them. 90% with God's blessing will go much further than 100% without. Just ask. So I want to close with one more scripture that I want you to see about this idea of following the leader. Why? Why is this important for us to do? Not just because God asks us to, but I want to show you what you're doing. Because again, following God's leadership allows others to follow your leadership. So listen to what happens in Exodus 13. We, we ended earlier in verse 13. I want to show you verses 14 through 16. And look what happens it's kind of the why behind it. Here it comes. In the days to come, your sons ask you. In the days to come, when your sons ask you, 
What does this mean? What are we talking about? Why is he asking what does this mean? We just talked about that you're supposed to give your firstborn, the first fruits of your labor, the first fruits of your crop or your firstborn of your cattle or sheep or whatever it is. In the days to come when your sons ask you, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals in Egypt. That's the, here's the why. It says, this is why. Say that with me. Say, this is why. This is why I sacrifice to the Lord the first male offspring of every womb and redeem each of my firstborn sons. It will be like a sign on your hand, a symbol on your forehead, that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand. Let me ask you a question. God ever brought you out of something? That's like three people. I thought God was bigger than that. I don't know. We serve the same God? God ever brought you out of something? Maybe it's not Egypt. God has brought us out of things. We sang about it. We try to rejoice about it. Some of you don't sing about it. Some of you are like, when's this going to be over? I just want to sit down. Where's my coffee? And then some of us, man, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. Praise God for that. God has brought us out of something. And one of the reasons that we want to keep God first is because of what he did for us. And when we do, when we follow his leadership and our children are like, Dad, why in the world are you giving money to the church? Why are you giving your hard-earned money away? You can say, you know what? Because God has brought me out of something and I want to honor him. God gave first. It's because God was willing to give first that I can be redeemed It's through his sacrifice that I am redeemed, that you are redeemed. And through that, I want to keep him first. I want to honor him in everything that I have, not just with my money, but with my time, with my talents, with everything within me. I want to honor God and keep him first. You're following the leader. So will you bow your heads with me? Let me first start here. Point number one. Jesus Christ had to be sacrificed so that we could be redeemed. Maybe there's somebody here today and you've heard this for the first time. This is news to you. And you're saying, because of what he did, I can be set free. I can be forgiven. I can be redeemed. I don't want to skip past that part. I want to make sure that everybody in here understands what Christ was willing to do for you and for me. And if that is maybe you that you say, Chad, I need to just pray the prayer of salvation this morning. Accept Jesus into my heart and let him redeem me right now in this service. If that's you, I'm just going to ask that you lift your hand. I just want to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer of salvation. Anybody in here before we move on. Okay, I'm not seeing any hands at this moment. If you're watching online 
and you would be a person that would raise your hand right now, I would just encourage you to take a moment. You can skip the rest of this if you want and just take a moment and pray a prayer of salvation. Accept Jesus into your heart and understand what it means to be redeemed today. For the rest of us, here's what I want to ask you. Will you just let God kind of look into your heart and ask the question, say, God, are you first in my life? Have I allowed other things to be first? Have I robbed from you? You understand, this is nothing to do with me. This is between you and God. There is no judgment. There is no uh, condemnation coming from this part of the stage. This is between you and God, and only he can answer that. But I want to encourage you, if you're sensing that maybe you haven't put God first, this is your opportunity to make a change. Let him speak into your life. Let him move in your heart. Make a commitment today that he will be first in every area of your life. You know, the number one reason people say they don't tithe is they say, I can't afford it. But you won't be able to afford it until you tithe because according to the Bible, that tithing is what breaks the curse. So Father, I pray that in every person's heart in this room, anyone watching online, God, that our hearts would be open to say, here I am. Search me, God. Know my heart. May I keep you first in every area. Amen. Amen. I'll be honest with you. It's not easy. If you've never done it before and you're going to take that big step, that leap, can I tell you it's hard? But isn't everything in our relationship with God, doesn't it all evolve around faith? Revolve, excuse me, around faith? It has everything to do with faith. And that's exactly what you're doing. When you step out and say, I'm going to give, you're doing that in faith, believing that God is going to provide for you. That's why he says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, I want to read this to you from the message. It's pretty broken down. It's very simple to understand, but I love the wording. Bring your full tithe to the temple treasury so that there will be ample provisions in my temple. He says, test me in this. See if I don't open up heaven itself to you. Open up heaven itself 
to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. That's pretty incredible, if you ask me. Blessings beyond your wildest dreams. How many of you love to have blessings beyond your wildest dreams? Can you say amen to that? We have the opportunity. Thank you, kids. That's awesome.